under your butt. I'm quite surprised that a story had such an immediate and profound effect upon radio listeners. Hooey pleases the boobs a great deal more than sense. Woe is us! We're in a lot of trouble! In politics, man must learn to rise above principle. What the hell are we doing here? We are behaving the way a superpower ought to behave. Well, our behavior has produced some crappy results. What we're witnessing now is the failure of the state. It is a death struggle for our republic. Giving voice to liberty in our time. Joey Clark. Oh, I'm back. Album of the day, The Gold Experience. Was listening to this this morning. It's obscure. It's one of my favorite Prince albums, and this song is called Dolphin. Weird lyrics, but I like it. Like this guitar solo. Well, I mean, that would only make sense with Prince. Yeah. You know, I mean, Prince, I mean, he, he wasn't normal. No. If he was normal, he would just be another dude out there singing. Yeah, That's wasn't... what makes us special. Exactly. It's when we're a little bit weird. And what did he say? How beautiful the words have to be before they conquer every heart. If I came back as a dolphin, would you listen to me then? I think it's actually a shot at his record company. <laughs> yeah, it may be. <laughs> Yeah, it's like... Because there's a little ass in us, too. That kind of, you yeah. have to get the little jabs in every once in a while. Yeah, that was that was the no-name period, where he's writing Slave on his face. Had the symbol. Mm-hmm. Just the symbol was his name. No, he said that was like, oh, I'm a split personality. And if you listen to his music, he did do a lot of alter egos, like Christopher Tracy. Um, I'm trying to think of other ones. Electric Man, uh, Camille. When he did the high-pitched voice, like, If I Was Your Girlfriend, you know that song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's his Camille persona. Yeah. And he says, so I'm a mix of these two feminine and masculine personas. And in my opinion, all that, he might have been sincere, but all that was crap. He's like, see how the record company deals with me going and changing my name to an unpronounceable symbol. Sell that, a-holes. Yeah, that that sounds to me more like marketing and I'm a brilliant genius and Mm. handle this. You think you're kicking me out? I'm fixing a crap on top of you. Uh, So I have to first give a big shout out to Montgomery LASIK and Eye Care Center. I know you look, you look. Uh, strange. I've seen you with your glasses for so long no, now. No, it was only a two-year thing with the glasses. I, well, but still, two years of seeing yeah. you with glasses all the time. It's. it's I remember amazing. you before glasses, yeah. and then when you dropped the contacts and went back to glasses. I, I remember both sides, but I just I've not seen you without glasses on in so long. It's it's it it's strange. No, I did burst a blood vessel, but it's not affecting my vision. It doesn't hurt in my left eye. That's they said that happens sometimes with the pressure when the first laser cuts. Yeah. And it's a little uncomfortable the procedure, but it's a swift procedure, only ten minutes. Doesn't hurt, just uncomfortable. Um, and it's a little uncomfortable after you take your nap after but you got perfect sight. In less than 24 hours, I had 2020, and I each day gets better. I'll have 2015. I'll have better than 2020 vision, and it's bizarre. Colors are brighter. Everything's more in focus. It yeah. is insane. Uh, I love it. I'm very it's, happy. it's very tempting to me. I've, I've worn glasses and or contacts since I was. In the ninth grade, so whatever yeah. that is. So for thirty-five years, I've They're, I've had glasses, and my and my eyes have not changed one bit. I've had the exact same prescription yeah. the whole time. 
I didn't know that I couldn't see. I was born that way, actually. Right. And I didn't realize I couldn't see. And I remember this was my experience when when I, I, we, we were coming back from the eye doctor. Back in those days, you went to the eye doctor and they gave you a prescription. And then like two weeks later, you would drive back and they would have your your glasses made for you. Right. And I remember driving home with my glasses. I had the big tear duct, shaded, you know, late 80s glasses. Man, I look so good. Oh, I believe it. <laughs> you look good now. Well, and I'm so happy. But I, I remember can... driving home, and I can remember saying these exact words to my mama as she was bringing me home. I said, Mama, I can see the leaves on the trees. She's like, what are you yeah, talking about? Exactly. And I said... It's like I'm seeing 3D now. I can yeah. see the individual leaves on the trees. That's how it is for me now. She's it's like, remarkable. you couldn't see those? I was like, no. It was just it's like real. a green blur that was tall. Yeah. It's a tree. And you recognize it's always been that It's way. a tree. So, yeah. Yeah. You don't know any difference. So, I mean, that that's it, it intrigues me. Well, and one thing people don't tell you about glass. I wore contacts most of my life, but I got in a bad habit of sleeping in them. I was tired of having to take them out and put them back in hydrate them and you know i paid the price some i think it hurt my eyes some but uh with glasses they don't tell you things look smaller so like when i went home and saw gimli the dog the red and fuzzy big booty buddha oh he's big enough he's without a big him being any bigger no with the glasses he looked shorter than he actually is he's actually a big long he's short but he's a big long lab and it also applies to other things like i looked down and went oh my <laughs> No. Wow! You're, it's about your feet? Yeah, your exactly. Feet got bigger? I guarantee you there's no problem. No, that's a bluff. But <laughs> but also with glasses, you know, you got scratches and this, and I, I this is just intriguing radio, but especially like at night, I have trouble seeing at night worse than I do in the daytime. Yeah. I have plenty of light. I, I can see fine. I don't have glasses or contacts or anything right now. I can see you fine. K.I.B. is a little... I can squint and see her, you know, from here, and it's pretty clear. That's about the extent of my vision. And, uh, but it, 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 with the scratched up glasses and all, the headlights coming at you. Yeah. The light sprays, yeah. and, and you're just... I can't hardly, I have that still. They said that'll go away in a few weeks, but it's a halo effect around lights and, like, these fluorescents. That's why I turn off all the lights in here. A little much. Oh well, good. I That's saw not, you over there warming up, and I, I didn't know what you had in mind. Getting it all dim and dark in well, here. Well, I was so. doing. I was actually able just a few, like forty-eight hours after the surgery, I was able to get back to yoga. I made went and got a snazzy headband. You can check it out on Instagram, folks. Just search Joey Clark. And uh, I was like, okay, I'll get a headband so no sweat gets into my eyes. I can do my yoga workout. And, and my new shirt came in. Did you know? Dusty Roads. Yes, the American dream. The American dream. You know, usually <laughs> I go after the cold. The American dream is the one that takes down the cold-blooded sausage maker. The guys eating those little piggies and taking off those hocks. But tonight I am the cold-blooded sausage maker. Cut you to pieces. But this was me earlier, just, you know, audio-wise, in my room doing DDP yoga. American Now go into plank. Now He's down dog. Man, working hard with his hands. 
song's so funky, man. I'll tell you what. Dusty Rhodes. Dusty Rhodes. He was one of... He was one of the originals. Yeah. Hey, I mean, he was... You go all the way back to the Dusty Rhodes era, and that's the Arn Anderson. Yeah. Ron Fuller, the Tennessee stud, and Austin Idol. Yeah. And Ric Flair. That's when that's when the Nature Boy was coming on the scene. Well, and Dusty was the perfect foil to Rick because Rick's like, I've spent more <clears throat> money on spilt liquor than you paid for your home last year. Where Dusty's the working man. I live in a double wide trailer yeah. is where Dusty Rhodes was. But yeah, they it, it was that was. I think that's when wrestling really started. I mean, when they really got into yeah. the. The going back and forth between being good and bad and the full. Well, it and the comes in cycles. Everything does come in cycles, but it's amazing when you learn about wrestling history. There's actually wrestling was huge at the turn of the 20th century, especially into the 30s. It was huge. And then they, you know, kind of trailed off. And they come back in the 80s with a vengeance. It trails off in the late 80s, early 90s. And it comes back with a vengeance with the Monday Night War in the late 90s. It, it got to its apex when they accepted the fact that, no, these two guys are not really participating in a match. There's right. not it's, a question about who's going to win. Yeah. Unbelievable athletic ability, very hard on the body, very real mm -hmm. in the moves that they do. However, we know who's going to win the match. Right, right, right. Because there was, a, I remember an old documentary I saw, and I can't remember who the the, the fighter was. Uh, it was way back, I think, before Muhammad Ali, but the world heavyweight champion boxer was going to take on the San world wrestling. Was that Bruno San Martino? Was it, the wrestling it, it, champion? It, it could have been. I think it was. And it was just a big old flop because it was not scripted. Mm. I mean, it was just, it was terrible and that's humiliating what, and it kind of, it killed it off, but. That's what makes people like Brock Lesnar so cool when they're wrestling. Like, he actually was UFC champion. He literally can <laughs> kill you with his bare hands. And he, that means he probably is more, as they put it, stiff in the ring. Like, he doesn't throw uh, as great of a great fake punch as, say, some of the wrestling. Right. He, he'll probably hit you a little harder. And so, I mean, these guys say punch. Anyway. I just you know like the idea of uh, you know, taking inspiration from Dusty, Dusty Rose. Rose on hard times. He he was he was back in the day when they used to cut themselves. They hid the razors mm -hmm. and and they would. Every, It'll come back. Every good match had blood everywhere. It'll come back. That stopped. I can tell you exactly when that stopped. Well, that's how I got that cauliflower forehead. That's exactly how they got them. But that stopped in nineteen. 90, either 91 or 92, when Irvin Magic Johnson. Oh, AIDS. Got HIV. Yeah, the 80s when the AIDS crisis and, happened. And the AIDS came in and nobody knew how contagious it was. You know, if right. you just looked at a spot of blood, 
that's when the blood went away from wrestling, and there's no more cutting. There's no more blood. I can remember. It affected us as kids. Uh, like any sporting event, any blood, they stopped. Oh, yeah, yeah. They yeah. still do. I mean, you, you brought a five-gallon bucket of Clorox out mm-hmm. and bleached the entire gym if somebody busted their lip. But the uh, I remember wrestling matches, uh, one in particular with Bob Armstrong and uh, Ric Flair. And Flair had that long, you know, just white, see-through blonde hair. And he would get cut about halfway through. And, you know, uh, uh, your forehead, you know, I mean, you bleed like... Yeah, even if it's like a a superficial cut. Yeah, so many capillaries up there. And, And... but I mean, there would be blood dripping. He would be His completely red. Yeah, I've seen and those. blood dripping out, and then he would he would end up you know pinning Bob Armstrong, the good guy, right at the very end. He would cheap shot him, hit him in the balls or something, and, right. and take him down and one two three, and and the match would be well, over. So anyway, I think you heard the other week. I was I'm pumped for WrestleMania. It's going to be a fun. It's going to be a really good one this year. I'm actually excited for it. But we have a phone call. Well, hey. Let's see who it Your is. Show. You want to join in? 272-9228. We don't have to talk about wrestling. We can talk about Stormy Daniels. Spanked me with my own face, Stormy. <laughs> you remind me of my daughter. That was the creepiest thing. What is with Trump and Ivanka? Ooh, Ivanka. Et tu, Ivanka? Don't stab me in the back. If she wasn't my daughter, I'd date her. Weird. There's a weird... Say what you will about President Trump. (laughs) You can support him, but that is one weird thing about that man. That weird thing. But let's go to the phones, 272-9228. Who's this? You're on there. This is Crayfish. Hey! Known as Crawdad. How you doing, Crayfish? (laughs) Uh, I was listening to you guys talk about the wrestling. Yeah. Um, You know, there were several presidents that were avid wrestlers. Abe Lincoln being one of them, and his mother Nancy was even known to snooker people in in wrestling and take their money. Uh, other ones, and were, this was like legit kind yes. of yeah, Greco Roman. See, see, here's here's the thing though, Crawdad, you're talking about wrestling. We're talking about wrestling, sports yeah. entertainment, as Vince McMahon would say. I remember, you know, junkyard dog and and the armory and all that too. Yeah, the the local, you know. Bullhead Jones, Junkyard Dog. Pork Chop Cash. Yeah, well, I didn't know them that much. I, I wasn't that much of an avid follower of the wrestling, you see. Oh, man, I was. I've been, <laughs> I've been more following, you know. You remember Burhead Jones, though? Oh, yeah. Who doesn't? Invented the headbutt. Invented it. <laughs> Invent, first man ever on the history Invented of Earth on the, the head face somebody. of the planet to headbutt yeah. somebody was Burhead Jones. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Historically, William Taft, oh, Ulysses Grant, Theodore Roosevelt, Abe Lincoln, and yeah. George Washington. Yeah, there's something very... It's interesting. It's like combat, but you know you're not necessarily going to kill somebody. And I think that's why MMA and UFC is so big, because, mm-hmm. I mean, it's control, but it's like, okay, who is the best at actually fighting? And especially when it's mixed martial arts, what's the best skill set? I mean, and it might be a physical advantage, or you might have a better technique. And it's just—it's. I think it's better than the old school duel of you know, walk paces and shoot each other. Yeah. And you, hey, you left out though, though, Cray Daddy. You left out. You left out the most important one. Who that? Paul Bear Bryant. 
I did not know that. He wrestled really? a bear. That's how he got his name Bear. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Let, let's let's not forget uh, Davy Crockett. Then I guess. I thought it, I we, thought he planted it, a bunch of trees all over the country. Didn't, uh, didn't Pecos Spill wrestle a tornado? Yeah, and, and then of course there was uh, uh, Blue and uh, Paul Bunyan. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, can't miss that now. Americana at its best. I love tall. I need to get back into those tall tales. Who was the guy that America? Who was the guy that wrestled the windmill? Uh, uh, that was Don Quixote. Oh, Don oh, that's right. Now he, he was tilting he jousted. The wind. Yeah, <laughs> he jousted. He the thought they were dragons. Yeah, that was Cervantes. I think that's still a great book. Too. Like it's, you, it's also uh, it's it's a good it's a good uh, analogy for some of the psychology of today. Well, that is like you read that book and you think, okay, it's like dated, mm-hmm. but it it's so insightful and has such a modern style where each part is a different one's like stream of consciousness, like I am the historian documented this one's like you're in the scene, like with the guy. It's so well done. It's almost like when uh, the Founding Fathers figured that Second Amendment, and they put in there, they said, arms. They did not say pistol, musket. Mm -hmm. They said arms, because at that time, that could also mean a D-guard bowie knife, a short saber, a long sword, a rapier, a curmudgeon, cludgeon, whatchamacallit, cudgel stick. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. arms. It was they had to keep it generalized because they were fully aware how quick technology did change. Which is one of the reasons we won the war in eighteen twelve. We were using higher uh, quality long guns than they were. And during the Revolutionary War, uh, we were going up against guys that were shooting blunderbusses of all things. That's an assault weapon. Right. Or anything down the tube of a blunderbuss and just spray people. And dislocate your shoulder at the same time. Goodness. But I just thought uh, the, the wrestling and, and the fact there were so many presidents that enjoyed that, I thought you guys might... Uh, That's awesome. Enjoy that. Especially right. Abe Lincoln's mom. Can you imagine that? <laughs> well, you know, when you're log cabin living, you know. Boy, that has a different meaning today. I think there was something about a, a tavern and travelers would come through and they would wrestle Abe and lose. And then... He would say something along the lines of, I bet my mom could whoop you. <laughs> and all the money would go flopping down on the table, and Nancy Lincoln would come out there and, sure enough, whoop him. <laughs> that was an interesting story. <laughs> Y'all have a good day. You too. You too. Bye. Uh, well, and that gets me on, like, with my perspective on this whole gun debate and this March for Our Lives. You're seeing David Hogg on our television screen right now. Yeah, I'm about to look at I mean, these folks, it's terrible what happened in Parkland, Florida. Terrible. It was terrible what happened in Texas. No doubt. Terrible what happened in Sandy Hook in Aurora, Colorado. It's awful when people are just, it's it's the, what seems senseless. But that's also the key. It's senseless violence that drives people mad. It makes people go, this should never happen. But here's the damn fact. Maybe my inner libertarian, my curmudgeon's coming out. Every time, no matter how well-intentioned, you propose a law, you are threatening violence. There are plenty of things in life where you should threaten violence. Don't touch my stuff. Don't try to threaten me or hurt me. Don't, Don't mess with me. Don't try to kill me. 
I'll th- I am threatening violence if you do those things against me. Don't talk that way to my wife. Yeah. Or my child or my mother or, you know, whomever. But every time you propose a law, at the end of the day, behind that law, it's not a social club. It's not a homeowner's association. <laughs> there is the threat of force and violence. So you pass a law, somebody doesn't comply. Oh, at first it's a fine. I don't pay the fine. Eventually it gets to... We're coming to your house, we're detaining you, and if you don't cooperate, we might shoot you and kill you. Correct. So I see these folks talk about save our lives, and I'm not against it. Go back to the founding. Slight regulation was allowed then. Like, there were rules against you couldn't cause a frightening. You couldn't, essentially, couldn't run down the town square brandishing a weapon. Makes sense. They still have laws like that. But the idea that you can scapegoat legal gun owners as though all of life and how complicated it is on how people need to defend themselves in any given situation can be boiled down to what happens in these mass shootings. That's not the case. And I'm all for having a discussion. Gun regulation in New York City probably needs to be a little different than it is in, say, rural Idaho. Probably so. You're probably right. But I, you, I think you said a key term there is, is you, said you used senseless to describe them. Mm-hmm. And it's it's how how we define that word. Definitions of words are very important. Yes, and I don't think anyone would disagree that it is senseless for someone to go into a high school and just start shooting people at well, random. The only That's way it, senseless. The only way it makes sense. It's not moral. It's evil. But the only way it makes sense in an evil way is if your goal is just destruction. I'm so the disenchanted with the world. I want to take it out on other people. I got you. But, the but killing, that's evil. The, that's the, pure evil. Right. And the, so the killing itself is senseless. It doesn't have a specific person. The The last school shooting where the guy went in and apparently shot his girlfriend yeah. and some dude that was... The was resource her, officer was that, there. That's, you know, that is... There's a cause to that. 3,000 people have been shot in... Uh, Chicago this year 3,000 and it is it's, it's a crying damn shame that mm-hmm. 17 people were shot in Florida it, it is I mean it really is but you're talking the entire country's in an uproar about 17 and I'll say it and I don't give a damn if you get mad at me about it it's because it was 17 for the most part, white folks killed in Florida. I don't disagree. And you with got that. three thousand black folks that's been shot in Chicago, and nobody gives a damn that the blacks are killing one another because of the three thousand. For the most part, it was three thousand blacks shooting three thousand other blacks. That's okay. That's acceptable. That's not scandalous. But for somebody to come in and shoot a bunch of little white girls, what about the white girl that got kidnapped down there uh, on the island years ago? Natalie Holloway. Uh, Natalie Holloway. Yeah, from Birmingham. The entire country was just, and, and, and that is tragic. But there, I mean. But how many other people get kidnapped or true. something happens to them when they're out of the country? Yeah. But they weren't blonde-haired, blue-eyed, cute little white girls from Mountain Brook. Well, I'm not going to argue with you. I agree. Or Homewood. I agree with you. It's and it's, But it's acceptable. Well, it's if true. you're from the inner city, well, that's what you're expected to do. That's the expectation. Or have to deal with, yeah. And, and 
if this is what kills my soul about the Democrats especially, is, is they're supposed to be the party of the minorities. But their actions say this to me. Well, y'all, and I use that word intentionally, y'all are supposed to do that. That's what y'all do. Y'all do that to y'all's people. That's okay. We'll try to make it a little bit better. But now you come into a school and shoot up a bunch of white kids, we've got to change the daggum Second Amendment of the Constitution of the United States. That is freaking ridiculous. Without even actually amending the Constitution. Yes. When did that start, by the way, folks? To outlaw alcohol, we had to pass a damn amendment. In the 1930s, because some Supreme Court in the 30s decided we, we're changing the interpretation, you no longer have to pass amendments to change economic regulation. And it will continue. We talk about fealty to the Constitution. We do a pretty all right job with the First Amendment. I'll give this nation that. We do. And they, and have, not, this, they have not messed with the First Amendment very well, much. And for all this all. talk about the Second Amendment, we still have the Second Amendment. And I really don't think this is actually... For all the threats, we're going to vote you out. Ah, uh, that ain't going to happen. They might get background checks. They might get an age limit raise. You're, And you might even... I don't think it'll happen, but you might even get, say, you can't sell AR-15s anymore. You're not taking people's ARs away that exist now. No. It's just not happening. Because you got to come and get them. <laughs> but what, what about the Fourth Amendment? With what goes on with the FISA court? Or is that like... Oh my God! We're too scared of every threat in the world that we have to sur- put. We have to surveil every person on Earth in order to feel safe. Glad you brought that up. How how did how did they get around the Fourth Amendment? It was after nine eleven when there was this huge crisis and yep. says, "Oh, there were terrorists here, but we had no way to surveil them. We had no way for." All these, uh, the FBI and the CIA and 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 all this. Let's create this new thing called uh, Department of Homeland Security. And so yeah. now you're. This is more stuff. They have to have a crisis to invent these things. Yep. And then under crisis, we are willingly. We willingly say yes. I don't care if you listen to my phone call because I really don't. I mean, there's nothing. You know that would incriminate me, well, and I believe it's also. However, I don't want you looking at yeah. every personal thing that I send to my friends and my wife because and people get used to it. And also, when the cat gets out of the bag, that they're doing that, people don't. Some people, you know, cause a stir like myself. But then we've had calls to this station. Well, why don't they just look at his phone records? If they want to catch him, you shouldn't be able to. Now, they could... Uh, if they get but, a warrant, but, an individualized warrant from exactly. a judge. Exactly. Something that's just Not from a secret court, not from a secret judge, not a double secret probation judge. An actual judge in the light of day, normal warrant process. But then here's the amendment that drives me nuts. Well, I mean, we could go into, do we actually have speedy trials these days? No, hell no. Well, no, we don't. The, the one, I think, crucial job of government, you know, I can sometimes be, sound like an anarchist talking about politics, but even then, say I'm not extreme, I still think the most important function of governance in society is courts, efficient, fast courts that adjudicate disputes quickly and fairly. We don't have that very much anymore. Mm-hmm. You're any, exactly right. Any, think about any high-profile case. Do we seem to have faith in our justice system? No. 
If it doesn't go the way you want the outcome to go, you say it's rigged. And that's why... In some cases, it is. And and I believe the death penalty should be part of our uh, judicial system, but that's why it is not effective. The last person that was killed in Alabama, I think he had murdered a police officer in 1983. Yeah. Were you alive in 1983, Joey? No, I was not. You were not even alive. That's five years before I I graced this earth. I was 10 years (laughs) old, and I remember nothing about it. That's doing nothing to prevent someone else. Right. Now, you know, if you do it, you know, in a a two-year period, and you take them like they used to, gruesome, take them down in front of the Capitol steps and hang them. See, but this, I don't, there's a lot, the way the system works now, uh, if, if how many innocent people would you put down? Well, it, and that, that's not my argument. I'm, I'm not going on that side of the argument on the death penalty, but I'm saying if you're going Gonna to claim that the yeah. death penalty is a deterrent, is it cannot be a deterrent when you're when you're putting people to death yeah. 25, 30 years after they committed a crime. Well, That's and, not deterring anybody. And then I didn't get to this one. It's my favorite amendment. It hasn't hardly ever been tested in the courts or argued about in the courts. I think it's the most important amendment if you're talking about the spirit of the founding and the revolution. The Ninth Amendment. Which essentially states, not exactly, I'm paraphrasing, that all these rights we listed in the First Amendment and the Second Amendment and the Third Amendment, because all those damn soldiers being quartered, in the Fourth Amendment, and all these amendments, all these liberties we have listed, do not construe these as an exhaustive list, that that's the full extent of our liberties. In fact, your liberties are natural, God-given, given by the Creator. They're as numerous as the hairs on your head or the stars. And any government that it tries to seek to say, oh, no, oh, what, what we've given you in the Bill of Rights, that's it. No. If I'm not doing harm to others, if I am not defrauding others, manipulating them in untoward ways, stay out of my business. And that's supposed to be guaranteed by the Ninth Amendment. Individual liberty should be the cornerstone of this nation. And it is in some ways in the First Amendment. And the second and a few others, we get some stuff right. But we've we've flown into social democracy, where now all you have to do is get up and yell, and I have the majority, so I can do what I want. I hope so much that they try to pass some stuff and the courts go, shove it. Just because you have more people doesn't mean you get what you want. Because every law is backed by the threat of violence. Every single one. And we treat it like it's a damn social club. Try not paying your taxes and see what happens to yeah, you. I know. I've gotten some of those nasty letters. And that they have the nerve to call it a voluntary tax. Man, I got worked up here. We started talking about wrestling. Man, when they call taxes voluntary... Woo! Shove it up your ass, man. I'm trying to keep these alligators down over here, Joey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got to hit a break. We'll come right back. You're talking to the Rolex wearing, diamond ring wearing, kiss stealing, wheel of dealing, limousine like jet flying, son of a gun, and I'm having a hard time holding these alligators down. Jerry Clark. Wait. Cut off all my fear, but 
Joey Clark. Welcome back. The album of the day is The Gold Experience by Prince. And this song, oh, the beginning of it, this guitar work. This song is called Shy. It's not well known, but take a listen. After a month of just being alone, he said, I wonder what LA's thinking. Streets are wrong, in search of a poem, amongst the wild and drinking. When he sees cool, dark skin, and hot virgin white. The search was over, at least for tonight. When she comes and tells him she was I can never write something that cool. No. Maybe I'll get there one day, but no, I never write something that cool. Oh, and you're you're good with the pen, but you're no friends. No, 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 no. Here, let's go to the phones. We've got folks waiting. Derek B. Hey, what's up, man? What's going on, Joey? Oh, just cruising through the night, having a little fun, then got a little worked up there. I know it. You and eighty four got serious there for a minute, man. I was calling in to talk about wrestling, and <laughs> all of a sudden it just got crazy. But while I was listening to you, I, I wanted to say something about that too. But uh, when I was growing up in the seventies, there was this thing because we only had three television channels, and uh, there was this thing called North Georgia Wrestling. Hmm. And. I don't know if you ever saw it. It was all in black and white and everything, but there was two people that'll stand out. One you'll understand. You'll remember him. He was the, the nature boy, Ric Flair. He started there. Okay. And uh, I got to watch his beginning there. And then there was another guy named Kojo Yamamoto, and it was just enough uh, away from World War II, you know, 20, 30 years ago, Everybody hated him. He was like the ultimate villain. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, he was kind of dressed like a sumo wrestler, and he had this move called uh, the judo chop. And uh, you could see him. I, re- I remember him. Yeah. yeah. I remember the judo motor. chop. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he would flatten his hand out right before he hit your chest and make this slap, and they would just fall over dead. I mean, that's... Dojo was bad, and the Nature Boy got his start right there. But uh, well, the Nature Boy changed. went on to like own the, the oh my god, the chop. Yeah. It's still today. Yeah. If like you'll yeah, watch yeah. Raw or tonight or SmackDown tomorrow, somebody's gonna get the if somebody, chop. As soon as somebody does a chop, the whole crowd will go woo <laughs> it, yeah. without fail. Exactly. Hey, uh, on this other thing y'all been talking about, I watched uh, some Fox News this morning about 6 o'clock, and, you know, they had those 250,000 kids trying to give away our rights in Washington, D.C. yesterday, mm-hmm. or whatever whatever day it was. Um, a Fox analyst went out there and did an interview with I don't know how many people, and I'm sure it's all edited and everything, but... Uh, there wasn't a single kid that could identify what they thought an assault weapon was. And what every single one of these kids did, is, you know, like I said, it's probably edited, but um, they kept going back to the Constitution saying how they believe it's an outdated document. Good and, Lord. And that's one of the things that's going on in our schools right now is they're indoctrinating these kids to... to 
disbelieve in what the founding fathers thought about this country and what's going to protect this country. Well, and um, it's it not re- like it really scares me. It scares me too, and it's not like I have some weird fetish for the founders. It's, I mean, a lot of them were very flawed people, but it's the Absolutely. ideas that I love. The ideas. It's a unique one in history, and I think it helped a lot. Well, and and you know, you talk about the numbers and and who all showed up and all that, and that's all fine and good. I don't care. I'll give. I'll grant them there was a half a million people up there. Sure. I don't. Get, hell, I I'll grant them there was a million people up there. Let me ask you something, Joey. What was today? Was today a school day? Yeah. All right. Put yourself yeah. put yourself in the tenth or eleventh grade. Uh, uh, Joey Joey Clark. Yes. Uh, would you like to get on this bus for free and take a trip up to Washington D.C. with all your roommates or your classmates and not have to go to school today? And you get to spend the night with all the girls and the boys in the hotel. I get and, to spend the yeah. night with the girls. Yeah. And, and the girls? boys. Would you like to do that? <laughs> yeah. What? That's yeah. what your answer is going to be. You know, I mean, these kids, and then you get up there, and you've got five loudmouths that are saying, hey, let's holler. You want to holler at old white people? Hell yeah. yeah. Woo! Yeah. What are we hollering about? I don't know, but we're hollering at them. And so... Well, and also, I, I think some of these kids are, are sincere, but mistaken. It's a shame. Like, they honestly believe this is the right course, and I think they, um, they're mistaken. And, and here's a point that you've made before, and, and we joke about it a little bit, and it's serious to a big extent. The millennial problem hmm. is not the millennial's problem. It's their parents. If my child came to me and said, Daddy, I want to go to Washington, D.C. to protest this weekend, I would say, uh, okay, I'm glad you want to go. It's your ass is going to work this weekend, <laughs> or you know you got to cut the grass this weekend. We're not. No, you're you're not going because it's stupid. And I would then explain to them, you know, the reasons why they could not go and so forth and so on. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I think generally beyond just the gun issue, uh, politics has become too prevalent in our life. People look to the law hey, to solve uh, the problem instead of. Coming up with creative, hey, uh, voluntary ways of doing it. Looking inside. Hey, yeah, Eddie go Clark. ahead. Go ahead. Pedro later. Tell him I said hey, okay? I will. All right, then. All right. Thanks, we'll talk y'all have a good day. All right. Bye-bye. Well, let's quickly go to Tom. Tom, what's up? Hey, buddy. How's it going? That's all right. Hey, Tom. Oh, okay, go ahead. You said, I, I was going to ask a question about uh, what you were saying about wrestling. Uh, and it brings back a lot of old times. Me and my son, he died a couple of years ago. He was mm. 30. And, uh, that. yeah, we used to go. We even got Hulk Hogan's signature and stuff like that. Yeah. But when they come out with the Mario Brothers, he didn't want to go to wrestling. He wanted to play Mario Brothers. <laughs> See, I did both, Tom. I went to play Mario and watch wrestling. Oh, my God. And we, I had to set him up his own little room where his mom was with me and his mom was married. Set him up a little room. And I'd go in there and then I got hooked on. <laughs> 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 I, I'm telling you, I, I didn't know. Um, I'm old school, but I would like to say one thing that uh, this, uh, I, I, just a thing about what's going on with black and white, about these pictures for this uh, rice and stuff, Uncle Ben's rice, 
And then they got uh, syrup with a bottle with a lady with a wig on it. I think they ought to ban, not band it, but make up something like that. Did they ever say nothing about Uncle Ben's rights? Oh, they did. Actually, there is. Um, I watched an I interesting mean, special on, like, like fried chicken across the world, how like KFC is huge in China, and the topic came up of race. Uh, that early on in this country, when when discrimination was really bad towards blacks and African Americans, uh, like the one things that broke through were like you know the happy restaurateur, the happy you know. So people, there are people who talk about that, Tom, actually, uh, who are sensitive about it. But then at the end of the day, chicken's good. So I, you know. It's like whatever. I about Uncle Ben's rice and the syrup. Heck, I bought it before and ate, and you know, and can I no big deal? But I'm just wondering why that they don't get that picture of them being just, you know, isolated on TV. I mean, on the uh, the commercials and stuff. There are, well, Tom, there are people who, who point that out, that they worry it borders on caricature, but um, there people are out there. I, I appreciate the call, man. Uh, yeah, there are people who talk about the privilege and the legacy, and then even like cart- like Looney Tunes. A lot of the Looney Tunes, I saw a fascinating video on this. And for me, it's not like, oh, I'm, I'm not triggered by this sort of talk. That Looney Tunes comes out of that sort of slapstick comedy, comes out of minstrel shows. That it is a clear legacy in line historically. There doesn't mean you can't watch Roadrunner and Wiley e. Coyote and laugh your ass off, but that is the origin. And there's like I think, uh, Eeny Meeny Miny Mo. There used to be some racist lines. Old. There is a very nasty history of racism in this country, and people yeah. and. I, I feel like there are some people who are resentful who say, well, we've changed and we really have progressed and why don't we get credit for that? And I hear where they're coming from. Then you keep... There are people like me where you learn these things later. I'm 29 and I learn, like, Looney Tunes had those origins. Not that Looney Tunes are racist and you're bad if you watch yeah. them. No, they, they it's refl- like, oh my, okay. They reflect a society at the time. And it, it does yeah. show that we have progressed. We're we're not all the way there. No. But we're, we're so much farther than we were at one time. I, I, I said this uh, once before. I remember when I was in high school going to Six Flags in Atlanta. And we, we counted. We weren't being ugly or making fun or pointing. We counted the number of interracial couples no. at Six Flags. Well, at Six Flags in Atlanta, people from all over the southeast. But, and, and not to you know point it out, but it was like, wow, there's yeah. a black dude and a white girl. That's there's awesome. a white man and a black woman. Yeah. It, 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 was, it was something we weren't used to seeing. Well, but then sometimes when I walk by one now here at Montgomery, I don't even pay attention. Right. Well, it's, it's it, I mean it doesn't even people. It doesn't even trigger with me. So but it, here, it has changed. But here's something interesting about this: people searching for progress, especially talking about the privilege thing and like cultural appropriation is the term. Did you see the the young black woman? By the way, it was I think her name's like Cincy or Sensei. Um, where she was saying Bruno Mars isn't black and how dare he appropriate and steal black music. Mm-mm. And there are a lot of musicians that have worked with Bruno going, I think he's actually half Jewish, half Filipino. But they're like, 
Whoa, whoa, whoa. Bruno Mars is amazing. What's your problem? What What does it matter? Right. And I think there's sometimes people that, and it's happened today, that have gone too far. Where it's like, and excuse me, pardon me, especially with my white privilege talking here. There's no such thing as like pure whiteness or pure blackness. or Race is made up. You take genetic facts about people, which are true, that people from certain parts of the world have a different genetic makeup. Slight ones. We have more in common than we are different. By far more in common than we are different. But we take those slight differences and we try to categorize them in social ways. And say, well, this is what it means. Like the one drop rule. You can go back. Immigrants, Irish are considered black. It was a class thing. Yeah. It, and it's, it's nonsense. So if you... I'm all for talking about the legacies. I'm all for talking about how people are still discriminated against if they are and when they are. And I think it does happen. But if you're looking for a true way to be a certain race, oh, give me a break. Well, and the thing I would say about races, race is, not racism, but about races, mo- most people in this country are Bible believers. Yeah. Most people think that there was a flood and that on that ark were eight people in total. Noah, his wife, three sons, three daughters. If those were the only eight people on the face of this earth... There's only one race. We look different, but we all come originally from Adam, and then well, secondarily twice we come from Noah and his offspring. Well, and you left out, everybody believes in the American dream, baby. Up the road. Up the road. Everybody believes in the American dream. Thank you for listening to the Joe O'Clock Radio Hour, the greatest radio show in history. Tune in tomorrow night. Leave.